Hello and welcome to the Case Reopen Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me as always is Justin. Maybe? You're back. I am. You haven't gone anywhere. You're still here. You know what? I think I finally figured it out. What is it? I was Kyle the whole time. I just took off my mask and boom, Justin. It was impressive when you did that one episode where you did two voices. You were playing Kyle and Justin at the same time. I have a man of many talents. Yeah, like, I just love how dedicated you are to this bit, because not only do you have two Twitter accounts, but, like, even on Discord, when we would record, you'd log into two different accounts, and you'd make sure your voices came out. You really had me fooled. Hey, gotta be committed somewhere. Yeah, but and not committed. I was committed to the case reopening. Not committed is Kyle Bradford, who once again is busy with quote-unquote work. So make sure you send him hate mail and death threats. <laughs> don't don't send him death threats. He's he's a sad boy, and I don't want him to be even more sad. He's just, he's just been busy with work. He'll be back soon. We're gonna do a little special podcast uh, with Kyle, where we'll get his thoughts on all the episodes he's missed. Because it's funny because we did like fifteen episodes with like very minimal like plot development, and then as soon as we get to episodes that like or moving the for the plot forward or like really memorable cases and then the movie he's missing out on them so it was like just really an opportune time but in place of Kyle we do have a special guest once again the lovely Colleen it's nice to have you again I cannot believe you let me on this show again <laughs> Of course you were, uh, you're great the first I time I haven't changed my citizenship yet though you know, with how Remember things are going <laughs> with uh, the American election, I might want to have, like, friends in Canada. So, you know, that might be a good thing in the future. All right, great. And uh, just for the record, everyone, this is Justin doing a higher tone voice. Yeah, he's actually not I... even, like, changing his voice. I'm just messing around with it in post with my great audio skills. We've actually never had a guest. I'm actually also Justin. I'm just in his everybody is me. His natural baritone voice, but uh, in my vacation, in my quote unquote vacation away from the podcast, was me just pretending to do other voices, uh, fooling everybody. You're very talented. He actually has the voice shifting bow tie from Detective Conan, and that's how he does his hey, podcast. Other voice. Don't you need to calm don't down? Don't give with up that. my secret. Yeah. <laughs> So this is the, the Justin He's also a podcast. ventriloquist. Yep. <laughs> me, me, myself, and I. But uh, we're here to discuss a very exciting episode. It's not even an episode. It's a movie. The very first film, which Woo! is titled Woo! Detective Conan, The Time-Bombed Skyscraper. It's originally released on April 19th, 1997, so that's just between Season 2 and 3 of the anime. So, if you were caught up on the anime, the last thing you would have seen before the movie is the Game Company murder case, where we got to see the Black organization again. So, they're fresh (laughs) in our minds, and now we're going to get zero plot development. (laughs) Because it's time for the movie. Just so we're clear, movies are not canon, right? Because is there a little bit of a dispute around that? Or is it pretty much clear cut? Yeah, this isn't canon. So they're not considered Um, canon, but uh, 
Recently, they've started, like, revealing plot details in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe from, like, movie, I don't know, 19 or 20 and forward, they'll put, like, some plot info that would be released in the movie first, and then maybe you'd get it in the manga later. So while they're not canon, they don't really, like, dispute anything, and there's nothing that will really make, like... There's nothing too crazy in the movies except for maybe Lupin the Third crossovers, um, because I don't, hey. I don't think Lupin and Canon share a universe. Oh no! Now they now do. They we have to watch all of Lupin the Third, and I am not against that. <laughs> all twenty series of Lupin the Third. Um, but the movies are. I feel like they don't take away from anything, so I'd like consider them no. canon for the most part, even if some of our lovely listeners might disagree with that. Um, but like, so they're, they're technically non-canon, but they basically, there's nothing that like disputes stuff. And they introduce characters in them. Like, for example, in this movie, we get to see, uh, Inspector Shiratori for the first time. And nope. that's a new character yes, that would right. then be seen in the manga. So they do introduce stuff here and, you know, so. I would say the movies are more canon than the actual filler episodes are of the anime. Uh, yeah, and o- Oyama is involved to an extent. He uh, works on like keyframes, mm-hmm. and even though he doesn't like write all the films himself, he's overseeing them. So like, it's nothing like totally out of left field that he wouldn't be uh, aware of. And like I said, they've been kind of like making the movies more relevant lately. Um, by like film twenty and beyond, where like, oh, we're gonna put this little tease here, and you'll learn something new about a character. Um, so like. I think you'd learn something about, like, Bourbon in one of them and a bunch of characters that Colleen has no clue who they are, um, because... Yeah, I can't <laughs> remember the the new chick that just ended the last arc in the manga, but, like, she showed up first in, like, a, a manga chapter, and, like, it ended with saying, like, oh, see more of what she's up to in the new movie coming out this week, and I'm like, oh. Oh, uh, are you talking about M- Mamiji... Uka or whatever her name is. Yes, yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, there's, there's uh, so many characters, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I am making up for lost time though. I've made it to about episode four hundred. Uh, so that's about a hundred episodes since the last time we talked. So yeah, I was gonna I'm say going I thought you were around a lot. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Yeah, that's. I'm gonna meet him one of these days. <laughs> You're really just uh, getting through these episodes, Colleen. Oh, well, I can basically tell time by Conan episodes. Yeah, almost there. I'm just like, oh, it takes me two Conan episodes to get to work. (laughs) So, something like that. (laughs) That's quite the long uh, work drive. 44 minutes or so. Yes. Yes. So, this movie... uh, Well, I guess before we start the recap proper... Justin, when was the last time you saw this movie? Oh, jeez. Uh, when I first was pretty much watching the show, uh, like, starting it, because I watched, like, all the episodes that were at- released here in English, and then I'm like, well, what else is there? And then I saw that there was six movies, and I'm like, alright. To give you an idea of how long ago this was, Netflix DVDs were still a thing. Oh, did you rent <laughs> it on that- Netflix? Oh, wow. Yes, I got them all from Netflix DVD. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. 
The good old days. Uh, Such humble beginnings. <laughs> it was very much a humble beginning. I wonder when the dub stopped. Because I, I think I watched all like the dubbed episodes and then I like decided, oh, I should watch the movies before I move on to like uh watching the Japanese subs. I think I started watching the movies then. Um the uh English dub stopped I think a couple episodes before I showed up. Oh yeah, um, so like one twenty or something like that. So Yeah. Yeah. I'd seen her But the movie for the sixth movie had her in it. And I think even the fifth one. Yeah. So it was really weird <laughs> that they did yeah, those. Yeah, because you're like, who is this person? Yeah. Yeah, quite a few of these movies are dubbed, which is interesting. They dubbed the first six movies. And let me see. The English release of the Time Bomb Skyscraper came out October 3rd, 2006. And I believe I did watch the uh, English version the first time around. So... I haven't seen this since probably like 2007, 2008, so it's been a while, but I'm, I'm glad I rewatched it. I really enjoyed the film. Uh, Colleen, I know you, your Conan journey is uh, a bit newer. When did you, did you watch this uh, recently and then you got to watch it a second time or when was the last time you watched it? Uh, so the first time I watched it was over 10 years ago, probably. Oh. Was, uh, just as Funimation stopped, uh releasing them i suppose i i grabbed all of them like i um managed to order them off online and uh i actually got it as a double feature with the second movie so i don't know when that version of the dvd came out so it's been a while since i <laughs> since i saw this one uh as an indication i actually didn't remember the plot at all i i remembered the uh culprit and uh, his motive, but nothing else. Basically, all I remembered was, like, the scene of Conan and Ron, like, as the building was, like, exploding and they're right next to each other. I always thought that was romantic, so I was like, oh, what a nice scene. So, uh, yeah. that stuck with me, but I, I didn't remember much. I was able to, like, remember who the culprit was, just with from, like, there's not many characters in this episode. Um... Which is kind of strange, because, like, most cases of Detective Conan, they, ha they have, like, oh, here's three or four characters that are potential person here, and this episode doesn't really have that. They kind of just introduce two possible people, and then you never even really see the one, so you're kind of, like, just left by process of elimination to go, oh, yeah, it's probably that guy. Yeah, it's definitely a different yeah. format than the episodes, because there, at least, you get to kind of play the detective and try and figure it out along with Conan here. It's more like a typical feature-length film, and you see, I mean, there are little subplots here and there, and uh, but there's no real mystery. Like, I mean, the guy's in disguise for half the movie, but you're pretty kind of sure who that is. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like the movies overall are definitely more action than mystery compared to the show, which uh, is kind of a nice... A change of pace even if it's not what you come to Conan exactly for because I know a lot of fans are kind of split on like the movie's quality because they definitely do go more action oriented and I, I will say more recently they've gone like over the top with the action to like a hilarious degree where like <laughs> okay so Colleen one of the movies has Conan on his skateboard and he's like 
grinding the rails of a like stadium scoreboard about like 200 feet above the ground and he's like hopping all over the railing of this stadium like just doing these death defying jumps and stuff and it's like just so ridiculous from what you see on a regular episode that is like it's just hilarious to see how different the movies are and we're definitely not to that point here but we can kind of see like the format of oh, this is going to be more action than maybe a mystery. But I I think it's a nice enough change of pace for, you know, what it is. And we only get one movie a year. So I don't mind it. There's another movie um, sort of just on that same vein of action-oriented. Like, uh, there's a chase scene. Uh, Heiji and Conan are on a motorcycle. And all the movies, um, the, like, typical uh, hand-drawn animation, I think, or whatever... Uh, style that is and then the chase scene is done in almost like this 3d-esque kind of thing so it's really jarring when you're watching because there's such a difference but that's what they chose to do for that particular chase scene it's like yeah they they do that quite a bit often (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh in these like scenes where they have like these 3d elements that look totally off and you're like because especially i kind of expect better production values when I'm watching a movie compared to a TV show and then these oh, totally. the 3d yeah. elements are like, are so they're kind of off putting to where you're like, this is worse mm-hmm. than normal. And so like, that always throws me off a bit whenever I see that involved. Cause it just never looks correct to me. Uh, what, what do you no. think about that, Justin? Yeah, no, it always looks weird, especially like when, cause I'm trying to think if it's like this in the detective Conan versus Lupin movie, but he's chasing Fujiko down a bike with a skateboard down a bridge. And I think it makes like the bridge like 3D at some point as he's going up it. And then like it goes back to 2D afterwards kind of thing. And it's just like, this is so, it didn't need to be 3D at all, but it was. Well, we don't get the luxury of 3D in this movie, so too bad. <laughs> oh yeah so this movie opens up we kind of get like a little miniature case here which i like uh the movie opens with kogoro investigating a murder as a man by the name of dr kurakawa was drinking and using his computer when he was attacked from behind with a bronze statue Uh, it's kind of like the the opening phoenix wright case justin where they (laughs) use the thinker thinker uh so he left a dying message of j-u-n and that's when kegura says that the murderer is one of three people in the room it's either his wife the eldest son or the maid and kegura says that the murderer is the wife and he explains that the letters are short for june uh which is also known in japan as the month of no water which is minazuki and her name is mina so he's like, ha, ah, I found you. And then the wife says, yeah, and my birthday is also in June, but are you really going to say I'm the murderer based on the stupid pun? And she just goes off on Koguro. And it's a really fun scene of Koguro being incompetent. So Conan's like, geez. And like, there's a little funny scene here where Conan's kind of like rooting for Koguro. He's like, oh, he's actually like putting stuff together. And then he sees him <laughs> going off track and he's like, geez, I should have never had my hopes high with you but the best part about that scene though is that's the kind of weird deductions that are most the cases in this show <laughs> like oh 
tune well that means it's related to this thing that you didn't think about because of translations and it's like what why yeah and then like really actually point. does that and it's not the right answer and it's like oh my god this <laughs> the show yeah that's true like kogar really is using detective conan logic and then they're like no that's not correct <laughs> <laughs> i love when kogaro i love when he tries his best and he gets it wrong and he's so taken aback he's like how can that possibly be wrong <laughs> well normally things are just so easy for kogaro that he can practically be sleeping and he gets the answers right so like imagine his shock when he's like really thinking and putting effort into it and can't get it right has to be a shot yeah i thought this film like overall and i'll talk to you like about a kogoro moment i really like later on but i thought like kogoro like even though he wasn't like a big star or a big portion of it i thought he really shined here as a just a great character i'm a big fan of kogoro he He has so many good uh one-liners yeah uh conan knocks him out and then he reveals the real culprit by saying that the last statement was just a joke he tells Megary to look at the victim's right pinky, which is the only finger with blood on it. He then says the blood was left on the key, moo, and row keys on the computer, and that the caps lock button was uh, accidentally pressed after he got hit with the statue a second time. Uh, he then tried to leave a dying message, but he thought the computer was still in Kana mode rather than uh, Roman uh, Arabic sorry, uh, alphabet. Uh, so what he meant to type was Manami, which is the name of the maid. So that was just a classic mix-up of letterings, which uh, and I don't even know how keyboards work in Japan. So like I'm, I don't even know how you get all those fancy symbols, man. There's so many of them. Kyle, do you know? Well, it's too it's too bad we don't have our Asian correspondent here. Yeah, I know. The one time yeah, right? Kyle's useful. I mean, I could try to use his voice, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're you're him anyways, so you should be able to answer. Yeah, the problem is that version of Kyle doesn't know. <laughs> I, I can I can confirm. <laughs> Man, <laughs> Kyle always a letdown. Yep. Uh, so the maid asks for proof, <laughs> and Kigero offers it up by saying that she left her slippers when she went to sneak up and kill him, and that's when she stepped in blood with her socks. Megary then finds blood on her, and her guilt is proven. She says that the victim had murdered her husband a year ago uh, after he had performed heart surgery while drunk, which is probably not the ideal way to perform <laughs> heart surgery. Not at she all. She said that nobody from her, uh, from his doctor's place, the hospital, would cooperate against him. Um, so that's when she had to take it into her own hands on the anniversary of her husband's death. I like when, like, common wards... I just cannot think of them. So instead of hospital, I said, the doctor's place. You know. <laughs> Man. This is going to be a long episode if my brain can't remember the word of hospital. Um, so this was a, a fun opening. It kind of reminded me a lot of the very first episode of the anime where we see this really quick deduction by Shinichi. And we kind of just get a feel for, oh, this guy's really smart. And we can see how... He can, like, come up with a deduction real quick. So I like this opening sequence um, a, a whole lot here. And I thought the the crime was cool. And, like, the characters actually wind up mattering in the story. The guy that died will learn more about his house later on. So I thought this was just really well done. Uh, just 
introducing us to like the mystery solving of Conan and then introducing some plot elements that maybe you didn't really think was going to matter, but then they actually did. Uh, what do you think of the opening scene, Colleen? Uh, I agree with you. I think it was a really good idea on the part of the creators of the movie to um, both uh, introduce the movie for us Conan fans, but for people who might not be familiar with the series. So they get an example of sort of the flavor of what Detective Conan is all about. For sure. And then we get this short little introduction sequence that explains everything that Conan's actually a high school detective that was shrunk. And then we get what? Yeah, it's crazy, Justin. And then we see all of Agassiz's <laughs> inventions, and uh, it's very similar to what we saw a few episodes when we saw the the Miss Goblin legend murder case, where they kind of filled mm-hmm. time with this like, here's everything that you missed. Um, so like it was very similar to that, um, and it, it's a good thing. Like Colleen said, this is a movie, not a TV show. So you're gonna get people that maybe don't watch the show. Maybe it's a parent that wants to take their kid mm-hmm. to this film about bombs and murders <laughs> because Conan somehow is like a kid's show in Japan. Um, you know, so like, yeah, maybe... that's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> re- especially with the early episodes, because they were so much more violent. You know, people's like the second episode, at, or the very first episode has that lady getting decapitated on the damn uh, roller coaster. The roller coaster. Yeah. God, hey, geez. It was just a rainbow light, okay? So that's definitely... So on my vacation, I was constantly riding roller coasters, and I was thinking, what if I brought a bag and I could slide it? I could come out, I could slide under the restraint, and I was like, hmm. But I didn't have anybody I wanted to murder. I thought you were going to say that you were suspicious. Suspicious of everybody sitting around you. (laughs) No, no, no. You always sat in the front seat because you didn't want that to happen to you. <laughs> I made sure that my tears wouldn't get on anybody. And you're like, like are you a gymnast? Aww. Are you a gymnast? Any gymnasts here? Yeah, that's what. That, that's exclusively what I did in lines. I was just constantly looking up women's skirts <laughs> and saying, gymnast? And uh, that's how I got kicked out of Disney. So it's that's, a very that's the story. move, though. We then get to see Conan hanging out with Doc Agasa, who reveals that the latest Night Baron book by his father is a best-selling case uh, book in uh, North America. And then we learn that he's currently living in Switzerland, which is... What a sightseer. Oh, you know what? Colleen, you seem well-traveled, living in the exotic land of Canada. <laughs> Have you ever been to Switzerland? Uh, only to the airport in Zurich, actually. Yeah. That counts. Yeah, it's yeah, more than me. Sure. Yeah, we yeah, haven't I had have a layover. In... Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have family in Europe, so I, I travel quite often. Lucky. Yeah, but I, I don't go to your uh, wonderful, majestic country that often. Unfortunately. <laughs> what a shock. <laughs> rather go to Europe than the lovely United States, which has a... Uh... Oh, yeah. We've got a lot of fast food restaurants. That's about it. Well, you guys have Broadway in New York City. That was the last place I went to. So. Oh, what did you see some plays? What did you see? I saw Anastasia the musical. Ah. With, with the original cast. So it was very exciting. 
That's awesome. New York can be very nice when you're not in an area that like smells like piss. Which is a lot of areas. Is in many places, that's right. Uh, plus, we're going to have a lovely wall built soon. <laughs> There's going to be alligators and snakes, so it'll be like a sightseeing tour. And lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Maybe we'll get the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles actually happening. That'd be pretty cool, uh, but, at least. Like, we're kind of seeing like Canada and America kind of combine, because... Uh, our president tweeted out a video that featured Nickelback, Canada's greatest oh. band. <laughs> That's right. Did you see this, Justin? Uh, I, I think I saw somebody post. Remember, about it, the, that's about like it. it was a meme like ten years ago where people would like post like the clip from Nickelback's photograph video, where the singer goes, "Look at this photograph," and then you know he'd have it something replaced with something funny, and Trump did that, and it was just. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I'm in a simulation, man. This doesn't nothing seems real anymore. Uh hey, the Matrix came out and that just proved that we were in the Matrix. Like, I'm just saying. Every day gets crazier. Like I log on and fucking nickelbacks trending and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> what world <sighs> world do I live in? Exactly. Conan uh, asks Agasa what he's working on, and he says that he's working on a new toy that mimics the flight of insects. Conan then finds a letter addressed to him from Maria Teji, who is a prominent architect, that invites him out to an afternoon tea party on April 29th at 3.30pm. Agasa then brags about being a genius just like uh, Maria, and... While he's talking up himself, his insect toy just completely crumbles in this <laughs> just hilarious manner. Oh, poor guy. He cannot catch a brain. Except for those one times where it's like, oh, this is the best invention ever. Thanks. I gotta say, this doesn't seem like a good toy idea. Because how, oh, like, no. kids don't like insects. Okay? So nobody's gonna want to fly around this fake insect. It's like terrible. Unless you're the detective boys, they they'll do anything. Yeah, that's true. Including uh, what they'll do later, which sure. I feel like Ayumi would not be a fan of a giant insect. True. Yeah, probably true. not. Unless it was like a butterfly or something. Yeah, yeah. He didn't yeah. Even, like choose like a cute insect. It was like a damn like <laughs> this huge. The one ass, that like... cuts off their mate's heads. <laughs> Is that what you do, Colleen, as well? Um, I'm not going to answer that question. No comment? No comment. <laughs> hmm. I Ron. swear I'm not, a, I'm not a killer. I swear. We then see Ron talking to Shinichi, who tells her to go to the party in his place. Ron agrees, but on one condition, that he'll have to watch an all-night movie marathon with her next Saturday on May 3rd. She then asks him if he likes red or blue more, and he says Red. Conan wonders why it has to be May 3rd, and then his detective geek mind's like, well, May 4th is when Holmes and Moriarty fell down the waterfall. (laughs) It's the day after Children's Day. So he just cannot figure out what is special about May 3rd. It's so funny because Shinichi measures all important things against his own personal interests. Like, we find out later what May 4th actually is, and he's just like, oh, I totally forgot about that, but that's when... Holmes and Moriarty fell down the waterfall. 
<laughs> I found this great Twitter account that uh, takes like dates from movies and stuff, and they'll tweet it out like the day it happens. Like uh, they tweeted out a scene from Five Hundred Days of Summer the other day because it like that was the day it actually happened. It's just real cool stuff. I like I like when they don't like specifically say a day, but you can like determine it through other clues in the film, like uh, like a holiday happens and stuff like that. So uh, I'm, I don't know the I don't know the Twitter account on the hand. Maybe I'll mention it in the the description here. But I've been having a lot of fun doing that, and I've never seen Five Hundred Days of Summer. So then I went on the Wikipedia and just read the whole plot summary, and I was like, oh, that's pretty good. So uh, that's how I take in most movies nowadays. That's what I should have did for Canon. I should have just read the Wikipedia <laughs> yeah, re- summary for it. The I remember notes. you mentioned that a couple of episodes back. That's how you uh, read movies now. <laughs> it seemed pretty good. I'd recommend 500 Days of Summer based off what I read. Although, <laughs> Kyle was not a fan. Let me read. I have DMs with him. Uh, so, the film stars... Oh, I'm not even logged into my right Twitter account. I'm on the show Twitter. Um, so, Kyle was not a fan of who stars in the movie. It's uh, Jason Gordon-Levitt. And... He mm-hmm. said he was very... Colleen, let me get the female perspective here. Do you have any strong thoughts <laughs> on his looks? Uh, Not really my type. He kind of has a... I don't know. I, I really don't want to offend anybody here, but he kind of has like a goofy looking face to me. Okay, so I think Kyle will agree with you here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he says... Uh, let me this here. Okay, Kyle says, I remember thinking that movie was cute when I was in high school, but the thought of looking at that guy in 2019 makes me want to barf. We keep canceling people for saying the N-word when we should really be canceling people for looking weird. And uh, <laughs> the- That's why he's really off the show. <laughs> yeah. I-, I told him that I've never non-ironically agreed with him any more than right now. And uh, he said, imagine just looking at Benedict Cumberbatch and just canceling his whole career because his face is so long. Sorry, Doctor Strange. You're oh, too yeah. strange. Oh, yeah. oh, now he's another one. definitely. He's probably going to get. Now he's definitely kicked off the show. I'm glad. I'm glad Kyle doesn't listen back to the podcast because he's he'd probably get mad at me for reading our DMs on the show. I mean, I don't oh, know wait, if I can have him on the podcast anymore. So the episodes that you guys recorded without him, he never listened to. I don't. I don't think he has yet. I think he's a oh, traitor. Oh wow, he's a jerk. <laughs> traitor. Oh, but that means we can say so much more mean things about him, Justin. <laughs> See, there oh, are upside. God. There's upside to this. Um. So, Conan, after trying to figure out what this May third is about, uh, he runs across Megary, the inspector who introduces Conan to a new police detective named Cher Tori. Um, and then he's saying that he can't believe that he doesn't even get golden week off due to how many cases there are. And that's when Conan realizes that May 3rd is Constitution Memorial Day. But he's like, that can't be it. <laughs> he still doesn't get it. Yeah, he's like, hmm. <laughs> because it's great because we get this scene of like him figuring it out and like, putting the pieces together and then at the end he's like yeah i don't know what that means (laughs) later that night conan's talking to ron and then he learns that his own birthday is actually may 4th so that's why she was bringing up that day uh ron wants to surprise him at midnight with a red polo shirt which 
What a romantic gift, a polo shirt. Uh, at least buy at least buy him some flannel. Oh my god, imagine imagine Shinichi has like a flannel wearing hipster now. I don't think I like that. <laughs> oh gosh, no with a beanie and oh well he already has the glasses, so. Yeah, maybe we can make that work look or that look work. Man, I'm just confusing all my words today. Uh she says that she wants to watch The Legend of the Red Thread with him, which is about a man and woman being destined to be together via a red thread that connects them. Uh, Kenny is just terrified at the thought of being forced to watch a chick flick, and Kogoro tells her that she isn't allowed to go because a young man and a woman together in a dark place being lovey-dovey all night, just not right. Ron says it isn't like that, and that Shinichi just forgets his own birthday, and she wants to remind him. Uh, what were you going to say, Colleen? Oh, just how much I love uh, when Kogoro goes into dad mode. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he is. You're going to be out late. Not going out with that young whippersnapper. And there's a great scene later where, like, she's talking to Sonico, and Sonico is like, "I can't believe your dad allowed that." And he's, and she's like, "Oh, he didn't. I'm just ignoring him." And it just sums up their (laughs) father-daughter relationship quite well. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ron then says that. Uh, she says that uh, Shinichi is just getting older for nothing if he doesn't remember his birthday and then Kenan goes, ironically I've gotten younger this year stop lying it's a really good dry humor there uh, I think I'm laughing more harder at it now just thinking about it than I did during the movie uh, so Ron then brings up the garden party and Kegaro doesn't want to go at first but she's like oh the guy's famous and Kegaro's all in he knows that he's going to get some free food and maybe some free booze so he's in easiest way to get the like Kegaro convinced to do something is just to offer him food yeah, or seeing Yoko uh, or liquor or horse races well uh, I think it was around this time because uh, Ron says that basically Shinichi was the one that was invited, So, uh, but they're kind of the ones that are stepping in for his invite. So I I love whenever Kogoro, um, I guess, uh, complains about Shinichi. He's just like, well, like, why is he getting all the recognition type of yeah. thing? I'm the famous detective around <laughs> here. That detective geek. Why is he getting love? Trines one step, well, like one-ups. Shinichi, like, alright, fine, I'll go, just so I can one-up him. Yeah. <laughs> they arrive the next day, and it's at this gorgeous mansion that Kogoro's... This is amazing. So Kogoro gets in full architecture appreciation mode. He's saying it's the 17th century English Stuart-style architecture. And Ron and Conan are just so surprised that he's dropping all this Wikipedia knowledge. <laughs> and Kogoro's like, oh, I was known as the walking library. <laughs> And he's like, oh, look, each side of this garden and the whole building's symmetrical. And then uh, we learn that he has a little cheat sheet in his pocket that he's just reading stuff off of. <laughs> good. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. We also we learn ha- that Maria uh, Maria actually changed his name so both sides would be symmetrical, which is pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a good hint that, like, oh, this guy might be deranged. <laughs> Got a little something going on up there. We then meet the architect himself, who's disappointed that Kudo couldn't make it, but is pleased that the 
famous detective character is there. Conan then notes that there's a bunch of uh, celebrities ranging from journalists to actors at the party. And uh, Maria tells him all to enjoy the party and that he made all the food because he's a bachelor. Uh, meanwhile, I'm also a bachelor. I don't think I could cook all his food. I don't get his excuse <laughs> of like, like, oh, I'm single so I can cook 50 types of dishes all to I've got all the free time. Excellence. And I'm like, I can make some easy Mac. That's about it. I think the line he said was something like, I may not look it, but I'm single and I cooked all this food. I was like, sorry, pal, you kind of look it. Damn. <laughs> Got him. Colleen just in harsh. That, that's also my line. I, I, I constantly announce every room I'm in. I'm like, I may not look it, but I am single. <laughs> Maybe that'll be my new, like, and- Bumble I was gonna say, I think we, I think we should both. Line. I may not look it, but I'm single. Yeah, after, after every party <laughs> now, I'm gonna like just go. Let's just say that now. Hopefully, it works. I'm curious. How do people react? Are they like? Uh, do they agree with you? Thanks. Obviously, right? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> people just kind of ask why I'm there and tell me to leave because it's a reserved space. <laughs> Oh, no. Aw. Uh, he says that many young architects have lost touch with their work and that he will only acknowledge architecture if it's beautiful. Uh, Maria then decides to quiz Mori and he asks uh, everybody in the at the party to deduce the computer password of a company that is run by three men. He's uh, Everybody's given this data sheet and they have three minutes to figure it out. Uh, Kegaro can't find anything alike with the men as they have different birthdays and signs, blood types, everything. But Conan's able to figure out. He cries out that it is Memotaru, which is their Chinese astrological signs. As a reward, Maria agrees to show Conan and Ron his special gallery. And they get to check out a number of cool designs that he did. And then Conan notes that one of them is of Kurokawa's house as he actually designed it. Uh, Moria brings up his death and says that he designed the house in his early 30s. And then he then asks Ron if she's close to Kudo. And she says that they are childhood friends and she begins to gush about them. And she tells him their plans for this romantic movie date. Ron then notices that the Baker City building uh, was also something he designed. And talks about their birthday get together. The next, uh, We then move to the next day there. Well, actually, before we move on, I do want to say, ask you guys, when when did your, like, red flag first get raised by the, the evil architect who winds up being the main villain here? Uh, because he definitely seems a bit off and strange, but uh, I kind of just determined he was definitely the guy once they didn't introduce any more characters. <laughs> um, but, like, like, looking back upon it, him, like, changing his name so it was more symmetrical symmetrical and stuff like that really sticks out at me more in retrospect but i wasn't like super suspicious um how about you uh justin when when did you first think that yeah no it was it was hard because like even trying to remember when i remember first watching it so i'm like oh yeah i remember the part with the the bomb and the old lady uh in that part and then like trying to remember all the clues and it's like, you, you don't get anything until you see the one specific thing. And it's like, 
Oh, okay. This all makes sense on why he's doing it. But, like, there's no really good hints, uh, especially, like, after this, because you don't see him until way later again. Yeah. Um. So, really, they kind of make you think it's not him, like, afterwards, because they're like, oh, all this stuff is happening, and this guy's getting around a lot. Um. So, yeah, there's, like, a little, hint, but a little bit of hints here and there uh, in that gallery, but unless you're, like, really paying attention, there's... It's kind of hard to figure that out right away. Uh, Colleen, what did what did you think? Were you suspicious of him? I know you you found it suspicious that he will, was uh, talking up his looks and that he's still single. But uh, did you think he was maybe a murderer? <laughs> okay, maybe I was too harsh on him in that department. Uh, but <laughs> I definitely got suspicious uh, during the scene where uh, Ron and Conan were touring the gallery. I was cringing the entire time because Ron seemed to be giving this stranger a lot of information about where she and Shinichi will be and what they're going to be doing. So you yeah, can like just the exact sense time. something's like, going to go down. Yeah, 10 p.m. on May 3rd, we're all going to go out for this. <laughs> exactly. Here's like, exact I love Ron. Voting. I love Ron, but like, why? Why say all this to a stranger? I will say, I thought it was kind of cute, because yeah. uh, you saw her just kind of gushing over Shinichi, which I think she just couldn't control herself, because she was even going, oh, I bought him this red sweater because his favorite color is red, and she's just giving all these details that, like, nobody needs to know, but, like, it does come back later to where, like, mm-hmm. this is where he learns about their favorite yeah. color being red, and it's their lucky color and everything. So, like, we, we see her, like, yeah. overzealousness. So, She's just so excited to spend time with, you know, the guy she likes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the movie world, it makes sense because, you're right, it does come back, and it's actually really important at the end, the color red. So, I mean, it made yep. sense within the movie, but when you're thinking, like, reality and practical terms, you're like, why is she even telling him this? Uh, the next day, Ron leaves to go shopping, and Conan goes to ask Agasa for some help. And he asks him for a Shinichi robot. That is the smartest invention he could possibly come up with. Yeah, and Agasa's like, come on, man, I can make flying bugs, but I can't make a Shinichi. He says it's impossible. Instead, instead Conan just gets a bunch of his friends to dress up as him whenever he needs to. (laughs) Just gets Genta, uh, Mitsuhiko, and Ayumi, like, stacked up in, like, one of those, like, tall, like, suits. Oh, my just... God. Oh, my gosh. Did that actually, did that happen in a future episode? Because that needs to... I hope so. I, I don't think yeah. so, because he Finger, tries to keep them away us. from being Tsunichi. Yeah, that's a great idea. I was at, I was at a Walmart one time, and I saw this guy wearing, like, an overly large trench coat, and... He, he just had the weirdest proportions. And I swear to God, it had to be two midgets, like, standing <laughs> on top of another. Like, I yeah, I have a picture know. of it somewhere. But I didn't get the good picture, like, from the front. But, like, it was just the most awkwardly standing man that I was so certain that it was two people, two very short people, standing on top of one another. And that's awesome, in my eyes. Uh, so Kenan notices a TV uh, broadcast is talking about explosives being stolen, and that's when he learns that the Kurokawa house caught on fire the night before, and it is a part of an arsonist string of crimes. Agasa then gets a call asking for Shinichi, 
Although it's kind of strange because it sounds like the man's using uh, a vocoder. And uh, he hands him the phone. The person says that they stole the explosives. And then they ask for Shinichi's mobile phone number. He then tells Shinichi to go to Greenbelt Park quickly or else children will die. I wonder what children could die. Hmm. Yeah. Conan then hops on his skateboard and rushes on over. I, I like how instead of like getting a Gaza to like drive him quickly there, he's like, "I'm gonna skate." Like I know, I know there's like a, a like a jet, like powered and stuff, but it's just so funny that he just grabs a skateboard and he's like, "I gotta go." Um, there's a couple moments like that in this too. When he gets there, he sees the detective boys playing with an RC plane. And he's like, wait, you guys don't own an RC plane? Mitsuhiko says that a bearded man just gave it to them and that he said that it's a bomber. <laughs> Again, when you apply reality to this situation, why are they accepting a plane from a really sketchy looking guy? Okay, come on, Colleen. If you were a little kid and a strange man offered you a cool... RC plane. You're telling me you wouldn't play with it? Okay, as a kid, perhaps. Because I've always wanted, like, a remote-controlled airplane or a hovercraft or something like that. But as an adult, I'm just like, okay, that is weird. Yeah, no, same... But, like, at the same time, even as a kid, you wouldn't be like, oh, man, this guy is totally just giving me an RC car with a bomb on it to kids for what, like, what end? Like... eh. No, I wouldn't have thought that far. No, no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Kenan tries to take control of it, but the Genta's like, hey, it's my turn next, not yours. So they start fighting (laughs) over the remote, and it falls to the ground, breaking off the antenna. And that's when Kenan starts to panic. He says that it's a bomb, and he's like, everybody run! So they start running towards the direction it's headed. So it's not a very good way of getting out of the way. Um, Nope. And then Kenan's able to toss the remote in the air, then crank up his awesome power shoes and then he kicks the remote into the plane making it explode in the air and he sees like an orange explosion he's like oh it must be plastic explosion uh, explosives uh so nobody's hurt here but we have our first real big action scene here which uh was pretty intense i'm sure kyle would be talking about how glad he was that <laughs> the detective boys didn't get hurt here Conan then gets a phone call, and the bomber feels insulted by Kudo sending a kid out to do his bidding, um, which is <laughs> kind of a hilarious thing, because he's, like, telling Shinichi all this stuff, and then this, <laughs> like, six-year-old kid's just messing up all of his uh, plans. Conan then spots the man watching from a nearby building, and he learns that another bomb is coming at one o'clock. Conan's like, oh, I'm just a kid. Can I have a hint? And the bomber says it is under a tree but it doesn't mean that it's buried under a tree and that somebody might walk off with it. The man disappears, then Conan hops on his skateboard once again. Conan starts looking throughout the area, and he can't find it, and then he eventually spots a bag under a bench that a woman finds with a kitten in it. And uh, the cat, which is called a a neko in Japan, reminds him of the word uh, neko with two Ks, which means the roots of a tree. See, remember when Koguro got blasted for like his deduction for that woman being the killer this is totally what <laughs> Conan's doing here exactly <laughs> yep. and uh Conan's able to figure it out 
through the the neko and he says uh, he starts chasing after this elderly woman that just wants to take this cat home and uh she boards a taxi to her 20 other cats oh dude isn't that the dream there colleen to be an it old is cat it actually lady? is absolutely Do you have any cats yeah i have one cat she's a black cat actually oh yes is it does it bring good luck to your life are you do you think it's ridiculous that the people think black cats bring bad luck a little bit it's actually part of the reason why i decided to get her because uh, <laughs> after i went and visited her i i uh, went online and saw like this article about how black cats um just don't get adopted so they have to put them down and like there's various reasons either it's superstition or uh, they don't photograph well so people tend to go for the whatever the tabbies or whatnot so yeah. it's like okay mm-hmm. i want to save a black cat so Aww, that's <laughs> yeah. sweet one of my Colin's friends the real hero yeah one of my friends in new york city uh that terrible city um she adopted <laughs> a black cat for the same reason so that's great yeah. to hear i used to own a black cat too but it had a it had white paws which was really oh that's adorable that's yeah. great uh so conan uh almost gets hit by a motorcycle chasing this woman down and then his skateboard uh, malfunctions and then it's not running properly so conan has to steal a kid's bike which like is a really funny scene because conan's like hey kid i'm gonna borrow your bike for a second and then the kid's like 12 and he's like what that kid's so much younger than me why is he calling me a kid yeah i know and the scene was reminiscent, at least for me, of uh, Back to the Future when Marty McFly steals the kids. Well, it was a skateboard in that movie, but like he just steal- steals those kids' uh, like transportation view, like mode of transportation. So I'm yeah. just like, this is exactly mm-hmm. the same. <laughs> well, Conan's a lot like Marty McFly, you know. They both they have an evil scientist as a best friend, or not? Sorry, not evil, just a scientist as a best yeah, friend. A mad scientist, but not evil. <laughs> that's science. right. That's right. Uh, so they, he takes a shortcut in order to make it in time, and he's able to get to the car. He uh, stops the taxi, he grabs the case, he finds a bomb in it, and then while he's panicking, because there's only like 10 seconds left, the timer stops for a second, and that gives him enough time to go on the bike. Uh, he tosses both the bike and bomb away with just seconds to go, and then it starts exploding before he can get it to a lake, and he's, boom, he's hit by the explosion, he goes face first into this tree gets knocked out uh, rough afternoon for Kevin so can I just hey, mention oh. the bike being destroyed now that reminded me of Pokemon <laughs> <laughs> you destroyed my bike Ash Ketchum <laughs> exactly yeah poor Misty's bike <laughs> I don't think she ever got it back did she no nope. and Kevin also like kind of shirks responsibility here because like later on in the movie is like uh hey kogoro that bike was destroyed uh can you take care of that <laughs> can you go find that kid again wherever he might be i'm sure he reported his bike stolen so i'm sure they have oh mostly because i think that's what conan was uh being questioned for by the police because he was uh, <laughs> he was bike a bike thief. thief yeah bike thief. <laughs> he has a criminal record now I always find it strange when Conan winds up, like, being at the hospital. Because, like, how's he getting away with all that, like, paperwork? Because he doesn't have identification. Right. So, I always find that interesting when he 
winds up in a, a spill or uh, yeah because he's doing stuff like that he's getting he's constantly giving uh testimony to the police which i'm sure you have to show like your identity to your id card so maybe we found a plot hole in oyama who i'll, I'll call who i'll lovingly call a hack because <laughs> kyle's not here <laughs> one of our we got a new listener and he like called out kyle for calling <laughs> Oyama hack, and he's like, "That's not very nice." <laughs> I, don't, I didn't respond to that one. I just liked it. I was like, "Yeah, Kyle's a dick." Um, <laughs> we then get this really. Um, oh, so we find out that uh, Conan's in the hospital for his injuries, and uh, meanwhile, as all this drama's happening, Ron's just casually shopping with Sonica for Shinichi's gift, totally oblivious to everything. Uh, after Conan wakes up, Koguro's yelling at him to explain what's going on. Agasa holds him back and fetches a doctor for him. And then the doctor's like, oh, I don't see any strange brain waves like I was seeing earlier. It looks like you'll be discharged tomorrow. And then Inspector Megary comes in and he asks about the incident. And that's when Conan tells him about the bomb. And we get this really cute scene where Koguro was like super worried about Conan. And he's like, don't do something so dangerous. You could have died. And um, he gets really mad at Shinichi for, like, putting him in such a dangerous spot. So, like, as Colleen said, it's always great when you see, like, the dad side of uh, Kaguro. And even though mm-hmm. he acts a lot like Conan is a burden um, to take care of, you can tell that he's become attached and does care about him, even though it's still relatively early on in the show and everything. So I really like this moment. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Conan learns from Megary that the plane and the bag were made from plastic explosives and uh, that they were likely the ones that were stolen. Megary believes that either the timing malfunctioned or the bomber stopped it remotely for a few seconds. He feels like this is a challenge to Shinichi and that the person behind the crimes may have a grudge against him. Uh, Shiratori, who's also there, says that all the culprits caught by Kuda are in jail. So the police are just searching for a bearded man right now. (laughs) (laughs) With a gray picture, too. Yeah, we get to see the detective boys. They drew this gorgeous rendition of the the man that gave them the plane. Such a true Uh, likeness. Yeah. So Even even Conan likes it. He's like, man, that's actually kind of close. Dude, I love, like, the fact that you can't, like, photograph in court. Like, federal court. Because, like, the Takashi 6ix9ine trial has been going on. And it's so funny for this court artist having to draw, like, all these 6ix9ine tattoos on this guy's face and stuff. And it, uh, it's just the funniest thing to me. I'm a big fan. So, if we could backtrack for a moment. When Shiratori uh, says that all the culprits uh, caught by Kudo are in jail, it made me wonder or just, yeah, I guess, think about... Uh, how we never actually see the culprits again. Like, I would love to see an episode where all of them kind of come out of jail and maybe want revenge. <laughs> Shinichi! Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. Pitchforks. Yeah. Although I, I think Shinichi has a good habit of, like, making the murderers feel some regret by the end, so they're not really holding a grudge. For sure. And That's I'll. True. A lot of the time, they're people who just found themselves in that circumstance, and they actually do feel some sort of remorse, so I guess those individuals wouldn't want revenge, but I don't know. I still feel like they should maybe 
come out of jail mm-hmm. and band together to get revenge. Yeah, maybe on the guy that like felt like he betrayed his computer program feels like, oh, I'm just being stupid, and then he's like, I'm gonna get my revenge on Shinichi. That'd be good, right? Uh, so Agasa asks what Kudo's most famous case is. Agasa says that it's the one involving the Shitama City's mayor Okamoto. Uh, what happened was a 25-year-old lady that lived in the city was hit and killed by a car that was allegedly driven by the mayor's son. It was initially thought to be a traffic uh, traffic accident where the mayor was sitting on the passenger seat, but Kudo managed to figure out that it was the father that was driving due to prints on the car's cigarette lighter. We get a really cool flashback here where we get to see like the arrest happen and uh, Kudo figure out the case. Very similar to the opening where... We just see the conclusion, but we get a, a good taste of the de- detective solving um, that the series is so well known for. Uh, and due to the arrest, the plan to revitalize the city was put on hold. And Shiratori suggests that the mayor's son could hold a grudge against Kudo, and he goes to investigate it. So another cool scene here. Um, Justin, what did you think of this little bit of uh, information? It becomes more important later on, but... uh. What do you think of this little flashback? Um, really good. Like they don't do it very often, but when they do it, just like Kogro solving the case by himself, but like showing the past stuff with Chinichi uh, doing cases is always fun to watch because it's now it's like oh, you see him as a little kid solving these cases, but this is how he was solving them before, and it's like quick and like super easy and done, which. In retrospective, having a whole show about that would be pretty boring. The case would be solved in like five minutes. Uh, but like, it's always nice to see these kind of scenes um, whenever they do do them. For sure. Completely agree with you. Uh, Ayumi then tells Megari that the man that gave them the uh, that gave them the RC plane smelled sweet, but it wasn't a perfume. Uh, we then get this really cute scene where Ayumi promises to come back if anything's wrong with Conan. And then all the other boys are jealous, and then Kogoro calls him a lady killer. Um, but if only Kogoro knew that the, the real lady that Conan stole the heart of is his own daughter. So. Yeah, he probably wouldn't uh, let them, uh, I don't know, shower together anymore, or... I think I think that was like one instance. But. Yeah, they got in the they got in like the bath, the hot tub. Yeah. You know, I'm also often called a lady killer, Kyle, Kyle, Justin, Kyle, Kyle. Uh, this is my Kyle voice. <laughs> Sounds exactly like my Justin voice, yeah, but it's sorry. totally somebody different. Cutie's cell phone then rings, and the bomber tells him, "Good job for finding the bomb," but now he wants to talk to Kudo. Kogoro takes the phone and tells the bomber that he's his opponent now. The bomber agrees, and he says that he has planted five bombs on the Toto Railway that will explode after four o'clock if the train goes slower than 60 kilometers per hour, and uh, they will automatically explode at sunset. So it's kind of like a speed scenario now, where they got to keep these trains going fast. Man, this movie's just jam-packed with references. Yeah, it really is. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Back to the Future now. Uh, speed, uh, man. When did Speed come out? Speed. Maybe. Ninety. Ninety-four. Okay, so this would have been oh, three close. years old. So it would have been like fresh in the mind of these people as they were coming up with it. Uh, mm-hmm. The single hint is that they are planted at the railway's 
X of the XX. That's such a bad hint. That's not <laughs> even a good hint. Uh, and each X is to be replaced with a single kanji letter. Okay. That's a bad hint, man. Isn't there a part where Conan says, I think it was probably earlier when he was still at the park, but he's like, oh, mister, I'm just a kid. I need a, a hint. Like, So yeah. in other in any other uh, scenario, the guy wouldn't have given him a hint. Maybe he just knows Kogoro is a dumbass. And he's like, I better give him a hint. <laughs> oh, maybe. You won't actually solve this. We then see the detective boys jump on a train that they barely just made. And then Mitsuhiki is like, man, we sure are lucky today. <laughs> you spoke too soon, my son. Uh, meanwhile, the train station learns about the bombs on the trains, and they order all the trains to go at 70 kilometers per hour and not to make any stops. Ginta then remarks that the train is getting faster, and then they learn about that the, the trains say there's an emergency, and uh, they start talking over their intercom, saying that they're not going to stop. Uh, Kegura then says that he's figured out the hint and thinks that it is under the seat or on the luggage rack. Meguri then says it might be under the carriage. Uh, Agasa then fears that the kids are on the tracks or on the trains. So that's why Conan contacts the kids via his trusty detective boys badge. And he asks them where they are. He learns that they're on the train and he tells them not to worry. But then they hear Meguri talking about the bomb. So they start to panic. Um, (laughs) they then say that they can't just leave it up to conan and it's time for them to live up to their name as the detective boys so they're searching this train for a bomb kogoro then goes with meguri to the toto railway control center and we learn that news stations are now covering the railways gasa then takes a television back to conan's room and while conan can understand how the bombs go off if it's under a speed he can't understand how they will go off if it gets dark out meanwhile we get a scene with ron and sonico getting dinner and then Sonica says that uh, she might come with her on the movie. And Ron's like, oh, no, no, no. She's just teasing her like that. And then Ron's wondering what her father and Conan's doing. And she's like, oh, they're probably having a peaceful dinner right now while they're dealing with this bomb yeah, crisis. Not. Yeah, I just love this, like, just how different it is. The, the, uh, jeez, my words today. I love the contrast. There we go. Between Ron's, like, peaceful evening out and then Conan having to, like, deal with like 20 bomb scares it's so funny conan says that they have searched for the bomb to uh no avail and that the passengers are getting upset and starting fights gasa then says that the sun will set in 90 minutes and remarks that the bombs are the opposite of how a skateboard works which works during the day via solar power that's when conan realized that the bombs must have some solar sensors and explode if they are if they are without light for about 12 seconds using his bow tie he then calls Meguri as Shinichi and tells them that the bombs are between the rails. He tells them to divert the trains on the circular line to a different track, and then they'll all be safe. And then we get this fun little montage with music of all 20 of the trains changing rails at high speed and uh, successfully uh, reducing their speed while not blowing up. It would have been really funny if they did the montage and like 19 of the trains get off successfully and the very last one just giant explosion and Kevin's like what did I do wrong yeah it's like an intern uh, driving the train he's like well, I don't know what to do <laughs> Megary then instructs his man his men to search for the bomb and they wind up finding them all safely with 15 minutes to spare before sunset 
Uh, however, Megary says that the bombs only had a quarter of the stolen explosives, so it's too early to celebrate. Sheratori then comes into the room and says that the mayor's son had left for Izu this morning, so he's not suspicious. Kogoro says that everywhere that the culprit placed the bomb isn't where the culprit's staying, since he wouldn't want an explosion near his home. He then says that might be why the bomb stopped when Conan had it, and Conan recalls that there's a children's playground and some apartments in that area. Kagura believes the culprit's in those apartments, so they all go to check it out. However, there's no luck at any of the houses. Conan then learns that the bombs are found near ordinary residential areas and on top of a bridge at the Sumida Canal. We then see it on television, and that's when Conan recalls that he saw the bridge at Maria's gallery. That means he designed it. Shiratori confirms that fact, and he says that due to that design, he won the Newcomer of the Year award. Conan then remembers that the Kurokawa house was set on fire and that it was designed by Moria, so he asks who designed the other buildings that were damaged in the arson cases. Meanwhile, we see Ron saying goodbye to Sonico, who tells her to snatch a kiss. If only she was lucky. Poor Sonic is already rooting for Ron and Shinichi to kiss. If only she knew that she still has like a thousand episodes until that happens. <laughs> Pretty much. She then tells, uh, she then goes to the movie theater one hour early, and we see that the police figure out that all the arson locations were designed by Moria in his 30s. It's possible that both the arsonist and the bomber are targeting Maria's uh, designs. They then go to talk to the architect himself, and Conan goes with him. Maria. Uh, agrees that they must not be random attacks, but he can't think of anybody that would do it. Conan is then looking at a photo of Maria as a 10-year-old with his parents, and he says that both of his parents died 15 years ago in a fire, and that's when he inherited the mansion. I don't think this is brought up again, but do you guys think he killed Mm -hmm. his parents? No. But it it seems like that's what they want you to think by the end of it, but like, it doesn't make sense for what he is now, and what the reasons he's doing things so like be a little weird that it would be that what do you think colleen he does have a strange face <laughs> the face and of his, and he is single and he's single and strange face he's single and his name kind of sounds like moriarty yeah, Maria. uh but no i didn't even it, the, th- the thought didn't even cross my mind that he might have uh, murdered his parents although that would have been a interesting twist uh, this was the same around, around the same time this happened was when uh, he started to become a famous architect, and that's when Conan uh, smelled something, and then he snuck out the door to uh, go search the mansion. It's kind of like Scooby Doo; he's just like <laughs> sniffing and finding his way, finding some clues and maybe some Scooby snacks. Uh, Conan Robo finds Raggy. his way to the back of the gallery, and he starts looking at all the work for uh, that he did during his thirties. He then notices something that's covered up. And it says, my vision of a new town, the city of Nishitima. He then finds a model city that was designed by him that was built perfectly symmetrical. And it has the same exact streetlights um, as Children's Park did. Conan now knows the culprit, but he doesn't have any evidence. So, but, he's, but he's like, man, I've got to make this work. Time's ticking. Conan enters Moria's study, and that's where he finds a lighter. Um, and Megary finishes his talk just then. Kido then calls Megary and tells everybody to assemble at the gallery. Maria says that he has to stop at his study along the way, and that's when he goes and grabs his lighter. He then shows the police to his study, and he finds the city uncovered, so he's like, what's going on here? 
That's when Megary gets another call from Kudo, and he's like, yo, put me on speakerphone. I'm about to, I'm about to deduce some shit. Kudo is about to name the culprit when Kogoro just blurts up because he sees his, like, glory being stolen here by that brat of a kid. And, uh, he blames Shiratori, the police detective. <laughs> he says oh that he rever- revered, uh, his, Moria's father, who was also an architect, began to doubt his son, and he thought maybe he killed them, so he started these attacks. This obviously isn't true, and then Shinichi is like, come on, man, that's not true. The culprit is Maria, actually, but, uh, I really like this scene of poor Kogoro, like, desperately trying to solve the crime, and then it's just nope. Shut down. So, I am curious, though, uh, what is your take on Shiratori, guys? Because he's technically, like, this is the first time he's being introduced, and he later gets, uh, brought into the anime, so, what, what, uh, do you think of this new police officer that, uh, becomes part of the show? Yeah, it's strange, because, like, mm-hmm. they really don't give him much of a personality. All we know is that, like, he has, a, like, a level of high sophistication because he's very knowledgeable about architecture. So we know he's, like, a fancier, like, higher class individual, but uh, we don't really get to learn much of him. And interestingly, we don't see him in the anime until episode 146, so we're quite a ways away from seeing him again. Uh, maybe he appears in the second movie, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, he does. So we'll see him again in the next movie before we see him in the anime, which is kind of funny. Um, and he definitely gets fleshed out a bit, um, and he never really does get, like, a ton of personality beyond, like, just kind of being, like, a a rival of, uh, the one other... Takagi. Yeah, Takagi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, that's, uh, like, besides the main cast of characters, and maybe, like, Kaido Kid, uh, Officer Takagi is one of my favorite characters, so Shiratori being his rival, I'm just sort of, like, not on the Shiratori team at all. <laughs> Were you hoping Kogoro was right when he called him uh, the killer? You're like, yeah, get him. <laughs> no, not necessarily. I was Drive just him out of like, town. Shiratori has such a generic role in this film. I thought, well, why couldn't that be Takagi, for instance? Or, you know, like, why bother introducing a whole new character? Yeah, and, um, like, I think Takagi's appeared in the anime by now, but he still hasn't, like, had, like, a real role or anything yeah that's um, true so like it's interesting because those were both characters that appeared in the anime and stuff before um the manga so like they don't really get fleshed out for a while yeah actually um, when you mentioned that on the podcast like many episodes ago uh that blew my mind because in reading the conan wiki i noticed that the voice actor the japanese voice actor for takagi um it had the same name. It was like Wataru Takagi or something. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like, imagine the coincidence. But actually, <laughs> <laughs> he was named after the voice actor. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Uh, sadly, that isn't the the way with Shiratori, as this Japanese voice is Kaneto Shiozawa, which is not the same exact name. So sad. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't really get a strong, like, his role is just, like, rather generic here. Uh-huh. Um, Justin, what do you think? Because, like, it does kind of seem of a waste because it's the one character edition, like, with this film. But uh, he, he doesn't really play a big role or anything. 
Yeah, um, because besides Takagi, and I know this other detective does show up, I think. I'm pretty sure he showed up already, that they could have easily used, which was Chiba. Yeah. Um, I would have been fine with that, because I like him. He's not... When he gets a big role, he's great, uh, but he doesn't get a time to shine once in a while, and this could have been a good time. I will say, I was on the wiki for Shiratori today, and I had totally forgotten that they give him a girlfriend later on. Like, oh, they do. Okay. Oh, I haven't right. gotten to that part. Yeah, it's much. It's much later on. You'll meet them in like. Yeah. You're probably like 200 episodes away. I'm still a... in the. So there's <laughs> Officer Sato, right? So yeah, uh, there's uh, like this rivalry okay. over her affection. Who will she wind up with? Maybe exactly. that's exactly. Oh, maybe. Mm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Spoilers. Sato is quite the catch, though. I see why oh, all the guys on the she, so She's great. awesome. She's a badass. A little ob- oblivious to uh, things when it comes to romance, but otherwise, she's great. Or or what if she knows all along, is pl- but is playing both of them? No, Just she's saying. too sweet. I know, she's I don't too believe sweet. That but, <laughs> but I think she know- like she's smarter than we think. That's something that, like, the, uh, what's her friend that's, like, the Yumi, Yumi would do. Yumi, yeah. Yeah, she would do that completely, because she's, like, a, she loves chaos. She's a chaos type. But, uh, Seda is just a sweetheart. Uh, Shinichi, wait, where the hell are we now? <laughs> oh, we're on, uh, the, like, third movie, fourth right. movie, whenever they show up, you know. Okay, so, Shinichi explains... That uh, Maria inherited his talent from his father, but wanted to erase some of his earlier work because he was unhappy with it. Everyone looks at the photographs and then they learn that the early work done in his 30s wasn't perfectly symmetrical. Since he's a perfectionist, this took a toll on him. And then his ultimate work, the city of Nishitama, was delayed due to Kudo arresting the mayor. And uh, the reason why the timer had stopped while he was near uh, the children's park was because its lights had the city's mark on it. And he didn't want to destroy the piece of Nishitima that still existed. And uh, Moria says that the deduction is interesting, but there's no evidence to it. However, Conan says there is some behind the case. That's when Shiratori finds the bomber's disguise there. Moria is just shocked by this. And he's like, that's impossible. They were in the study's safe. And then Conan's like, I gotcha. He put his on, he put on his troll glasses and he was like, you messed up there, boy. Um, and he actually created a fake disguise to get the guy to admit that he had a real disguise. He got him good. Yeah, that seems like really... <laughs> me- I felt like if you were like a, a mastermind criminal, you wouldn't get tricked by such a simple thing, but it happened. Especially blurting out that, oh yeah, I totally had this somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah. Shiratori goes to arrest him, but then he's like, I've got this lighter. It's actually going to detonate these bombs. Uh, but Conan puts on his troll face again, and he's like, <laughs> already removed the batteries, G. You're not blowing up nothing. And uh, then we learn that the sweet smell Ayumi rec- uh, recalled from that man was due to his pipe, because he smokes a pipe. Uh, Moria says this isn't over, as one building is still in danger, which is the Baker City building. He says it wasn't symmetrical as the budget was slashed. What a terrible reason to <gasps> ruin my art. Um, okay, can we just clown on this dude for a minute and how ridiculous his like 
like whole reason for like doing all these explosions is for just because he wants these buildings to be perfectly symmetrical and if they're not he needs them destroyed and like blaming his older self which at the time was not this symmetrical fiend of wanting everything symmetrical at the time so it's like why man <laughs> like yeah he didn't even change his name by that point yeah so it's like okay so your older self made these things and you don't like them now so you want to blow them up okay that's a little excessive seems like ocd to the max yeah like, <laughs> i will say his motive does make sense but it is like completely ridiculous but mm-hmm. I, I mean i guess if you're like like so obsessive to where you're like the greatest architect of japan and you know like i, I can i can kind of see where that drive can go off the deep end and he, like he's hurt by like not doing his best work like, I, I, I can kind of understand where he's going but this guy sucks <laughs> I, I wonder if they could have not um, made his motive more like, let's say, you know, I created those buildings while my parents were still alive. They had a big influence on me. Now that they're gone, I just want to forget that, move on. I don't know. Maybe that would have made a little bit more, well, maybe not sense, but at least made you feel for him a little bit more. Here it's yeah, just like, it's not symmetrical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just like super OCD. Um, so we learn that there's just, uh, one more minute until 10 o'clock and that's when Conan remembers that Ron's there. So he immediately goes to call her. Uh, that's when we see that several bombs go off and we see that people are terrified and running away from the building as it starts collapsing. Maria says that all he's done so far is to block the lobby and the emergency exits as the fun is yet to start. So he he's just like completely gone as like a like empathy feeling human at this point. He then tells Kudo that his girlfriend will be blown to bits. And that's when Conan steals a blueprint from the bombs from him. And he then runs off with it as he can't wait for the bomb disposal team. Um, I would have been hilarious if this film like ended with Conan, just letting the police do their job and they actually make it on time. Cause it <laughs> seems like they would have. So like, <laughs> And this is the scene I was talking about uh, when we were saying about earlier with, like, Dr. Agasa driving him. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm very sure. You just looked out the window at how far away this building is. I am very sure the bomb disposal team would get there way before you would on a skateboard. <laughs> just saying. Yes, but they are not the protagonists, so... no. <laughs> They don't have Dr. Agasa's invention. That's right. Maria then tells Conan uh, to tell Shinichi that he has made three minutes especially for you. Enjoy them wisely. Uh, We then see a number of explosions as firefighters and ambulances arrive. Conan runs inside the building looking for Ron, but it starts to collapse on him. And then Ron tries to console a crying woman and then answers a phone that's ringing on the other end of the phone is Shinichi. Ron starts crying, saying that he's always gone during these situations. And he says that he's right by the emergency door, but it's covered with rubble. He says that the door's warped due to the explosion, and that he can't open it. He then tells her to look for any suspicious objects in the lobby, and that's when she finds a bag with a bomb in it. Ron takes a look at the bomb, and it says that 42 minutes are left until it explodes at 12.03, meaning that the fire... Uh, sorry, 
Meanwhile, the firefighters are struggling to get to the lobby due to the stairs collapsing. Shinichi tells her to use the scissors she has that she uses for, I think, uh, knitting or something, um, to disarm the bomb and uh, that he'll walk her through the process since he has the plans. She moves it over near Shinichi uh, so she can concentrate and it's suddenly down to 16 minutes. So somehow they wasted like 26 minutes here um doing nothing yeah i i I had that same exact reaction i'm like where did all that time go were they just actually waiting for the bomb squad to get there (laughs) kenan starts running her through the instructions and warns her that if uh she cuts anything in the wrong order they are dead she gets she he does not do a good job of calming this poor girl (laughs) no not at all although i do Uh, feel like he gets better as the movies go on because um this situation uh comes back often i feel like ron is somehow put into danger and shinichi slash conan has to sort of save the day but there is one uh movie where ron sort of uh, well again she has to take the initiative but she's got shinichi coaching her and in that instance he actually does do a better job of calming her down so it's nice to see that he improves but there is room for improvement when it comes to Shinichi. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of room for improvement for him. Yeah, probably. We see her cut the first wire, and then we see another explosion go off. Oh, God. What did you do, Ron? Um, thankfully, it isn't hers. And uh, Moria says there's still 15 minutes until Kogura's daughter will die. Thanks, dude. Uh, he says it is a special oh, nice bomb where the last wire will decide her fate. Ron continue cutting wires until just five minutes are left. Kuda then says that she has to cut the last black wire, and she does so, but the timer continues to tick. And there's two wires left, a red one and a blue one, Justin. Uh-oh, cut both of them. So basically, it's a completely random thing. Uh, with only four minutes left, Kogura tries to break through the police lines to save his daughter. I like how he waited until the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> He's like... Yeah. He's like, I'm not, I'm not going to try this. But he's held back. Uh, Moria says it's pitiful and that architecture needs no love. <laughs> Kyogre says it oh. is a trap um, and that um, uh, that it'll blow when the moment it's cut. Conan can't decide which one it is. And that's when he hears the bell tower ring that it's midnight. So there's only three minutes left. These are the three minutes that he gets to enjoy. That's when Ron wishes Shinichi a happy birthday. And she says that. Yeah, it's a little sweet moment here. And she says that she might not have the chance to say it again. And then we get some emotional music playing as Shinichi tells her to cut it. He says, the color you like, just cut it. She worries if she's wrong, but he says that it doesn't matter. As when the time runs out, if they're doomed, he then says uh, to pick the color she likes and not to worry as we'll be right next to her. If we die, we die together. Colleen, what do you think of this moment? It's it's emotional. It's very emotional. Um, yeah, it, it was like I was on the edge of my seat being like, no, please. You have to be together forever, but not in death. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had a similar moment where, no. where a, a person was going to die with you? No. <laughs> See, this one time no, uh... I, joined, I joined a cult and we were just about to drink the poison and i told this girl i said i'll be with you in the afterlife and then she drank it and i was like i'm not doing this shit wow so that's like romeo and juliet but (laughs) you didn't do your part (laughs) (laughs) for 
For the record, that never actually happened. And if I was involved in a suicide call, like pact, I would actually go through with it because I'm not awful. For the record. So the building starts to collapse. Okay, good to know, I guess. <laughs> I just want to say I'm a man of proper character, Colleen. Don't worry. Uh, Shinichi's phone gets crushed, and uh, Ron goes to make her decision. She remembers that Shinichi and her lucky color is red, and that's when uh, she goes to do it. Uh, the rescue team then find Conan, who tells him that people are still inside the lobby. They go to get the drill, and the man remarks that it's his wedding anniversary. Conan then recalls what uh, that Moria knows it's his birthday and that he gave him three minutes to enjoy it. Conan then starts screaming for Ron to cut the blue wire, not the red one. However, she can't hear him. With 30 seconds left, Ron goes to make her decision and cuts the blue wire. Miraculously, the bomb doesn't go off and they're safe with two seconds to spare. Moria's shocked and he uh, just can't believe this happened and we get to see people inside the lobby celebrating as they're rescued. And then we get this really nice scene where Kegaro starts bawling that his daughter's safe. Um, but then a bunch of reporters come by and he quickly puts himself into like uh, his regular mode. Stops crying. Uh, man, dramatic scene. Justin, what do you think of that? Oh, I thought they were going to die. It, it was the end of Detective Conan as we know it. There wasn't going to be a like 800 some more episodes. Now no more movies. It was all it was all over. Uh, I thought maybe no. this was just like Tokyo Drift, where like it it happens early on, but it's actually at the very end of the timeline. Yes, um, but no, like overall, like they nailed it uh, with like the emotional impact of it. Like oh, this is life or death for these characters. Like minus knowing that it's continuing all that stuff and the manga's still going on like they definitely make you feel for them in this moment yeah i i completely agree like this really had me on the you know worried for the characters and like even though you know oh there's 23 other movies like even watching it like today i was still like getting invested and it's really just a great scene and i love the just the cinematography of, you know, Ron on one side of this broken door, Conan posing as Shinichi on the other side, and then there's this great scene mm-hmm. that uh, where you see like Shinichi there with her, and ah, it's just beautifully done. Uh, and then uh, Colleen, you kind of talked about this earlier, but uh, do you feel like they nailed the execution here? Uh, yeah, I, well, the the clip that you're talking about, where they have the two of them back to back, I think it was very powerful. And I think it's something that they use a lot in the openings and the endings, but to actually see it in the narrative, it's really nice. Yeah, and it's just mm-hmm. a powerful moment, because, like, Shinichi was, like, ready to just die with her, man. Yeah. So we, it, we, it, know that, although... we know that Ron's ride or die now. That's Although it would be a little sad because uh, Ron is sort of um, still, uh, she still doesn't realize that that's the love of her life right there. So she didn't have the same emotion. She probably felt, oh, I'm never going to see Shinichi again. But Conan, knowing both sides of the story, was like, okay, don't worry. I'm here for you. We're going to be together <laughs> through this. So... It's a little sad in that respect because Ron was just 
probably uh, hoping to survive, whereas Conan was just like, I'm okay. If it, if my last moment is with the girl that I love, then so be it. So uh, we then finally see Ron reunited with Conan here, and she's like, what? <laughs> he has all these bandages and shit, and uh, has been through like explosions. She's like, what happened to you? And he's like, I tripped. <laughs> she she just buys it. She's like, okay, don't be so clumsy. Oh gosh. Uh, she then asks Conan if uh, he has seen Shinichi, as she wanted to give him the gift. And Conan says that Shinichi was certain that she would have cut the red wire. And then Ron says that she didn't cut it because that red thread might be connected with Shinichi. Aww. 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 We then get the uh, ending song, which is Happy Birthday by Kyoko, uh, which is a pretty fun song. I liked it. And uh, then at the end of the film, we get this brief, like, 10-second scene where Conan's <laughs> looking at his pinky finger, and then he's like, oh, there's no red thread here, because he's he's a, he's a little boy and not a man like Shinichi. He's not ready for love. Poor little guy. I know, poor guy. Well, I would love to get the male perspective for once. Um, what do you guys think about the whole red thread of fate concept? Well, see, I'm like a hopeless romantic. So <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. I completely love it. I, I like, I love the idea of like, like the one for somebody and like destiny bringing them together. Um, and like, uh, the there's an anime movie that came out a couple years ago, uh, Your Name. That kind of had like similar, uh, like themes of it, with, like people being connected, and uh, like I bawled over that. I actually watched it on an airplane. I was on a flight, and I was in the middle seat, and so I was, I was surrounded by two women, and I'm there watching this anime bawling. So I must have looked like the biggest loser in the world. Um, but yeah, I I find that like a super romantic concept and. While, like, Shinichi was like, oh, no, a chick flick. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so sweet. (laughs) What about you, Justin? Uh, No, yeah, same thing. uh, Hopeless romantic, like yourself. Um, But, like, I I do believe in it a little bit. Like, that's why I don't think I found one. I'm like, it's because I haven't found the exact one yet. It's out there somewhere. Eventually, that, I guess, that invisible string uh, will eventually tug and I'll find the person but well well if you uh, need to find the one all you have to do is go see the joker movie justin (laughs) oh really and then the gamers will finally rise up oh beautiful i'm gonna can we end this podcast now so i can go see it (laughs) (laughs) um but what do you think about it uh colleen i mean i i feel like we might not be the like stereotypical male i'm sure kyle would have called it like lame or something because he's a cool guy <laughs> right but, the, uh, what, the one the, guy, the one guy who's actually engaged but probably think it's lame um i not to sound like a broken record i'm also a bit of a hopeless romantic so i like the idea of it for instance and not to open old wounds tyler but if a guy were to give me my favorite care bear i would not throw it back in his face Oh. <laughs> oh. Sorry, but emphasis on my favorite Care Bear, which I suspect may have been the problem in your situation. So. Oh, damn. So. so, Colleen, what's your favorite Care Bear? Gr- <laughs> uh, Grumpy Bear. I see. Good to know. 
Um, so yeah, like, like the, the, the one character who's like not the heart one. Yeah, that's that's my favorite. I feel it. <laughs> He's just so funny. <laughs> what was the rain cloud one? Yeah, that's gr- that like that's grumpy. Is that grumpy? Okay. So we always love getting uh, feedback from our listeners. And uh, one of our newer listeners, he just like started listening to the show recently, um, but he's been making his way through the episodes quickly and sent us a bunch of tweets, which I really appreciated. Um, and I believe he's from Spain. Oh, the cap. Uh, hola. Yeah. So hola. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we just lost him. He, he wrote uh, with some feedback here. Uh, shout out to Dicekin. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at D-A-I-S-K-3-N. Uh, and he didn't enjoy this movie as much as we did. Um, he said, I rewatched movie one. It was a little too disjointed for me. Even though all ends up co- connecting, it felt like four different things. The ending is still iconic, but I like future movies much more. Also, we meet Shiratori, so that's cool. And Kogoro also gets his silly and emotional moments. Uh, overall, I would say a 5 out of 10, because even some two-hour specials top this movie. And I, I think he has some points about... Um, this probably isn't the strongest movie. And like we said, there weren't really... Mm-hmm. The core mystery wasn't that strong, since there's kind of only one suspect the entire time. But uh, I liked it as like the first movie, and I, I thought the ending nailed it. And uh, I think that means more to me than kind of like some of the rougher areas, just... I love the ending so much. I think it's it's romantic, and I, I want to believe in the threads of love. God damn it! <laughs> Don't rain on this prayer. Don't we all? Um, yeah. So I thought it was a sweet film. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it's any of our like most favorite film. I think we all probably like uh, some future ones more. But I, mm-hmm. I think we can all agree it's a a solid entry. Um, so. Let's just get our overall thoughts on it here. Um, Colleen, what's your overall thoughts on this being the first film? And did anything surprise you rewatching it? I mean, it's been a decade <laughs> since you've seen it. Um, so I, now that I'm sort of further along in the series, but not as far as some people, like I'm uh, maybe midway, I guess we can say. And I've already seen the difference in animation. So going back now to the old style it's really weird like it's fine it's just like you can really feel the 90s in this movie um again i didn't remember the plot as well as some of the other movies like let's say the sherlock holmes one but um i think it's a good first start i mean they had to start somewhere with the movie so this was a pretty good one um would I say that's like my top 10? Probably not, but it's still an enjoyable movie to watch. And then it is cute to see all those moments. And I think um, one of the things that makes Detective Conan so successful and that it's such a long running series is its characters. So you come here to watch the characters and if the plot is maybe so, so then so be it, but the characters are always great and you always get a laugh out of you know, Kogoro and Conan making fun of him and things like that. And it, Ron's little, uh, her desire to see Shinichi again always pulls at your heartstrings. So there's definitely enough in this movie to keep you interested. Perfectly put. And then, Justin, what are your thoughts revisiting this film? 
you know, it's been it's 22 years since it was released. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree with Colleen as well. Um, it feels very much like uh, a couple episodes built into one. Um, like, because you got that first case in the beginning, and then you got, like, the setup, and, oh, here's the first, like, mystery of this bomber, and then, like, it kind of keeps, like, it's divided up into definitely multiple parts. Um, and it's the first one, um, so they just kind of wanted to have a big story for the most part, um, but as they go further, you can definitely tell that it's, like, these bigger, grander stories, um, uh, so, like, yeah, like, it, it's not bad. I'd totally watch it again. Um, but, yeah, like Colleen said, definitely probably won't be in my top ten, maybe even lower than that, too. Well, just wait. Just wait, Justin. I'm sure we'll get a chance to watch it again, because this this has been dubbed. So <laughs> when, we're, when we're still doing this a decade from now, and we need to find filler episodes because the release schedule slows, I'm sure we'll, we'll run it back. Um, oh, and so the yeah. dub's hilarious. The The opening scene of the dub is really funny because, of course, they um, Americanize everything. So they say something like, oh, the guy was really into Japanese culture and he was really fluent to Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh. That's great. Um, so, yeah, that'll do it for Detective Conan, the Time Bomb Skyscraper. It's held up pretty well good first entry i'm glad we finally got to do a movie here um Mm -hmm. and then we'll get kyle's kyle's takes on everything he's missed uh sooner rather than later hopefully maybe he's just gone forever maybe he's abandoning us justin hi hi i'm kyle (laughs) i like detective boys scenes and that was it i was really upset when they almost died in the train uh that's all thank you thanks thanks kyle that was amazing. You're amazing. Thank you. Um, so yeah, make sure you uh, subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you use. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at case underscore reopened. Uh, all of our Twitters are linked there. I'm at Tyler Trees. Justin's at the Sigma Omega. Don't follow Kyle because he didn't bother to show up. <laughs> but yeah, um, and then if you are on iTunes, if you could leave a review, we would very much appreciate it that helps more people discover the show uh, and we'll read it on the air so you can get your review read so that's also a great point where you just you can, if you want to call me like a poopy head i'm still obligated to read it so <laughs> if you want me to just say something stupid you can do that in the review and i won't mind it as long as you give us five stars i'm a nice guy um and then of course colleen we want to thank you very much for uh talking about this great film with us yeah appreciate it Thank you, guys. It's been a blast. Yeah, and we've got a couple episodes lined up with you as a, a lovely guest, so uh, yeah. we'll be hearing Good for me, you. unfortunately for your listeners, so... No, you're great. You're great. <laughs> Especially with uh, how often Kyle's not been here, we can use the guest. So, we appreciate it. It's always fun yeah. talking Conan with yeah. you. and uh... Take your time, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe Colleen's coming for Kyle's spot. Well, I am here for the fame and fortune, so you can make yeah. my check out to the Great Detective of the North. I will do just that <laughs> for sure. All the all the huge royalty checks we get from Case Reopened. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm currently like just from hosting like 
like like 150 like 150 dollars in the hole so uh i don't think we're gonna be uh paying out royalties anytime soon but uh that's fine i'm just here for the conversation really we appreciate it and uh that'll do it for this episode bye bye and remember one truth always prevails